Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. The Matchball. Hello, welcome to The Matchball 30. I'm Dan Moylan, and I'm joined by Michael Normanton. Hello. And Moscow White, Daniel Chapman. Hello. 30 years on, charting the journey from Leeds United's return to the top division to lifting the championship trophy in 1992, taking it one game at a time and doing a match ball on the 30th anniversary of each match. September the 15th, 1990, Ellen Road, Tottenham Hotspur are in town and Leeds United lining up like this. Lukic, Sterland, Whitlow, Batty, Fairclough, White, Strachan, Verardi, Chapman, McAllister and Speed. So we're looking a lot healthier than we were at virus-ridden Luton last week. And in the Spurs lineup, Torts Vett in goal, Bergson, Vanden Howe, Sedgley, Howells, Mabbert, Stewart, Gaza, Naeem, Lineker, and Allen complete the lineup. And sadly, no reuniting of Paul Gascoigne and Vinnie Jones. We all thought it was going to happen. We all thought some testicles were going to get squeezed, but it wasn't to be the case. Yeah, I mean, this was a big match when you, you list that lineup with Tottenham, Paul Gascoigne, Gary Lineker, two absolute superstars of Italia 90, which had only finished a couple of months before and the big expectation was that they would be meeting a superstar of um, Ellen Road at the same time. But we sold Vinnie Jones. So that put an end to that. Front page news on September 11th, 1990. Vinnie Jones leaves United. The city of Leeds today lost one of its most colourful characters. Vinnie Jones, a joyous extrovert who put the zest and the taste for battle into Leeds United's promotion campaign last season, has signed for Sheffield United in a £750,000 deal. So we made profit on him for a start, but I do remember the feeling around Leeds at this time, and in much the same way that we've seen the outpouring of love for Ben White as his loan has ended and he went back to Brighton. It was much the same for Vinnie Jones because he was a cult hero Amongst the Ellen Road faithful, there's no other way to describe it. His you know, work with Ludo, the Leeds United Disabled Organisation, always down the front of the West Stand with the supporters in wheelchairs, giving them things, just seeing them, greeting them, and just being a general crowd hero. It was, it was a shame to see him go. When you look at the way he's regarded now, you know, it's hard to believe that Leeds United ever sold him. I think there's, there's, um, there's that feeling about it. It never really gets mentioned it's like the untold part of the story Vinnie Jones was a, an absolute hero of promotion and then you might get a younger supporter says so well so how come he didn't just keep playing and you go well let's not talk about that because um it's it's quite upsetting when um 
I referred in the uh, the last podcast to interviewing Vinnie Jones and him talking about the, the Luton Town game, and he said that because Gary McAllister missed those chances to beat Luton, it meant that there wasn't going to be a chance for them all to play again in in midfield, and the, he felt like that sort of sealed his fate at Leeds. But the other thing he's, he said to me in that interview was about how big he was. He described himself as bigger than Michael Jackson in Leeds at the time. And so the idea that you would have a player as important who, uh, in terms of national profile, you would put him in the, the category now of a Messi or a Ronaldo or a Neymar. He was completely just famous for being who he is. And then the idea that you would sell him to Sheffield United of all places, it's mind-blowing. Has there been anyone to compare to Vinny since, do you think, in terms of someone who's stuck around for a season but has had such a massive cultural impact? Not for a season. Mickey Doyle? (laughs) (laughs) I think the closest we've come in terms of crowd favourite is probably Pontus is the most uh, likely comparison in modern times. Still did how many seasons? Three seasons though, didn't he? Yeah, this is one season and absolutely adored and partly because of who he he represented on the pitch. What he represented was he was like somebody for the fans to really feel like he belonged to them and they belonged to him. It was a, when he signed, there was a lot of people who were, well, livid about it actually. Alan Clark said that Don Revy would never have allowed somebody like Vinnie Jones through the door, was livid and thought it was a disgrace that we'd signed him with his track record. And Vinnie Jones set about proving those those people wrong. It's famously only got booked twice uh, at Leeds in well over 50 games. But what the way he fitted in and where Wilkinson was quite clever was he'd signed Gordon Strachan as the example to everybody that the, the young players um, should look up to and the, the kind of the character that he wanted the club to represent. Somebody who'd played at two World Cups, who'd won things and looked after himself, kept himself fit, was positive and, and well-behaved. But he recognised that somebody like David Batty, for example, looked at looked at and just thought he was some old dickhead. And that a lot of the fans would probably just think, well, yeah, he's, you know, who is he? Just some guy from, from Manchester United. And he's, you know, he's not, he's not fun, basically. And Vinnie Jones brought the fun into Elland Road that people weren't going to get from Strachan. And had uh, this ability that, to the to the credit of both of them, Strachan famously said that when he heard Vinnie Jones was signing, he he thought about drowning himself. He was on holiday next to a swimming pool and thought about jumping in. But uh, I think the quote something like, "No, you you're getting well paid. It's not worth it." But the two of them absolutely seemed to just connect and understand what they were both there to do. That they wanted the the same things and were actually quite. They had like similar aims and ideals and similar ways of going about things and that they both wanted to lead by example, but that they both went about it in different ways and complemented each other. So there wasn't a case of which one of them should be captain. You could probably could have made Vinnie Jones captain and he would have worked with Gordon Strachan just as well. They they represented the two sides of the, the dressing room and the two sides of the supporters that meant everybody had a way of coming into this idea that Howard Wilkinson was building. There was an air of um, disbelief surrounding this transfer a little bit in that Vinny had been such a cult hero, but he seemed to be rushed out of the door really, really quickly. So a bit of background on why that happened then before we get to the match. We did have the quotes last time from Vinny saying that he wasn't going to go anywhere. He's not the sort to go into the manager's office just because he's been 
left out the team. He was going to keep his head down and work for his place. And then uh, Howard Wilkinson, when he was um, explaining to people why he'd been sold, said to him, Vinny came in to see me and asked for a transfer. So that's essentially why he went. He wanted to go. Uh, Wilkinson said um, they had a long talk during which I tried to persuade him to change his mind, but he was adamant. I understood his position, but did not agree with it. What it basically came down to in the way Vinny Jones explained it to Howard at the time was he's too big not to be in the team. And it's it's it wasn't Vinny Jones, the footballer, that needed to uh, to be transferred. As Wilkinson put it really well, he said, Vinny is a personality and personalities do demand centre stage. Nothing less will do. There's a lot more to Vinny Jones than just being a footballer and he needs first-team football to sustain those additional things. So the things that he had, apart from being a footballer, when he was at Leeds, there was a fan club magazine there was um, an 0898 premium rate phone number that you could phone up and Vinnie Jones would give you like his latest Vinnie Jones news. There was Vinnie Jones merchandise and there was all this stuff. And Gordon Strachan actually wrote, uh, he had a Yorkshire Evening Post column at the time. He talked about the situation as well and said uh, if he's left out of the team, he's only got to go home and maybe explain to my wife and my father if he happens to phone up. But Vinny has to explain to everyone he meets in the street and the media and the like and keep on and on explaining. And this puts extra pressure on a player and it really hurt Vinny to be in this situation. And going back to the interview I did with him for Do You Want to Win, he was talking about the Manchester United game when he was left out of it and saying that people in the executive suites around the game when they, they saw him, they were like, Oh, as he put it, he's like, they're all, all right, Vinny, lad, why aren't you in the team? You should be out there. And he was having to talk about it. And when it was really upsetting him and having to listen to all these people saying, hey, lad, you should be out on that pitch. And him thinking, yes, but not necessarily wanting to, to talk about it. And so he regrets it now. Both Jones and Howard Wilkinson both said it was a mistake to let him go. Jones told me he should have stayed, fought for his place and realises now that he would have been, he would have had a chance, he would have got in the team at some point. And Wilkinson as well says he, he shouldn't have let him go because um, he should have known that if he'd kept him, he wouldn't have been a problem. He still would have been a positive influence around the squad, even if he wasn't always in the team. They could have worked on from this. But at the time, I think the opportunity to go and play with Dave Bassett again, who had basically raised him from nothing at Wimbledon, was too much for Vinny to resist. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. To the match. And this one was going to be on TV around the world. Imagine that happening with football. This was a game, I think, when the honeymoon period of getting promoted, sort of four games in, the novelty had worn off. And this actually, in many ways, was kind of a a stark reminder of how cruel the top flight can be when you've just returned to it. We should have at least got a draw. Imre Varadi's goal that was disallowed to equalise their opener still gets spoken about. If you you follow Paul Robinson, formerly of the Yorkshire Evening Post on Twitter, you'll be very familiar with with the how irate he still is about this goal. I think the um, the projected worldwide audience of 400 million that was being talked about in the report before this game was probably a little bit optimistic, but it did with um, Gaza being involved and Gary Lineker and Terry Venables was Spurs manager at the time. Naeem's a good player. Gary Mabbott uh, was on the edge of the England squad. Gary Stewart was going to make a £2 million move soon. They'd finished third the season before. There was a lot of kind of glamour and uh, real kind of... Spurs are one of the teams, Alan Sugar, I think, owned them at this point. And they were they were really pushing for the Premier League to start. And you felt like they were probably already there to an extent. The story of the game then squeezed into one fairly short spell in the second half. Three scandalous minutes. First of all, I mean, are we going to blame Whitlow for this? No. No? Why would we? It's not his fault. <laughs> Well, I mean, it is him who gets the ball taken off him. But then does it go Does it go through his legs into the net? I don't think it does. I suppose not. I mean, I, Wilkinson doesn't say it, but I, I'm going to say Whitlow is a bit of a Mary with the ball. He, he gets it and he doesn't quite know what he's doing with it, so he decides he's going to try and run through some people and he gets it taken off him by, uh, by Stewart, who then plays it through to David Howells, who... Hits a shot straight at John Lukic, which somehow megs him. It's it's a bit unlucky. Lukic himself later on says that it's one of those things, and there's not much you can do about it. But it does it does very clearly. If it had stood in the, if it had stood up straight, it would have just hit him in the thighs. And I'm not having it that David Howells did it on purpose. So uh, so that's that's unfair to begin with. And then there's the Verardi goal that we talked about, which is it's a a really good bit of play for him. He gets on the right of the uh, the right side of Mabbott, turns him. Nice turn and shot and it, from the long ball forward and not absolutely nothing wrong with it. There doesn't seem to be anyone appealing for a free kick. And then it's got hints of Franz Beckenbauer about it. It's that level of scandal, I'm going to say. No one's appealing for anything. And then all of a sudden, the ref seems to have disallowed it. Verardi's off celebrating and no one can quite tell what exactly it's been disallowed for. You can only assume it was a shove on, on Mabbott, but there doesn't seem to be any sign of it. And then straight from that, more or less, Spurs break down the left. Um... Stewart gets to the front post ahead of Fairclough and then Lineker's there for one of his little standard tap-in for goals from three yards. Loves a tap-in, doesn't he? Who is Franz Beckenbauer in the Spurs team from your point of view? Goodney Berkson, Pat Vanden Howe or Gary Mabbitt? I think those are probably the candidates. I'm going to have Vanden Howe. Or do you think uh, it might have been squeaky clean Gary Lineker went and had a quiet word and said, well, you'd believe this face, wouldn't you? I was always confused by Pat Vanden Howe growing up because I, I think the first I really knew of him, I don't remember him from this team particularly, was it, I think he was a free transfer on one of the early champ managers. But he was born in Belgium, raised in London, played for Wales. 
absolutely no links to Wales whatsoever, but there was some weird rule at the time that if you if you had British British citizenship but you were born outside the UK, you could play for any of the home nations. So randomly played for Wales. He was also a, a celebrity because he, he married Mandy Smith, who was Rolling Stone's Bill Wyman, former wife. Not for long, a couple of years. But he, he, he combined his uh, glamorous marriage with sort of... Um, like a, a reasonably fashionable haircut. He was like a slightly shorter Lee Chapman. So that was enough for him to be regarded as a bit of a star at the time. And Ellen Road, I can't remember necessarily the specific feeling when this happened, the sucker punch of the second goal, but you just know within yourself, having experienced this sort of thing in football, how furious that ground was at that moment. You can hear on the, the footage, but you can just about hear, cheat, coming out after the second goal. There is a nice interview with, Verardi afterwards, where he says that uh, even the Spurs players said it was a perfectly good goal. He tried to speak to the referee, but he kept running away from me. He's doing that thing, just shaking his head and chuckling as if, you know, what can you do? It was a, it was a good turn and a good finish. And uh, what did change the game, getting us back to 1-1 straight away? Because it's deep into the second half. So we'd gone an hour against um, a really strong team, let one in, hit straight back, and we probably could have kept it to 1-1 from there. Verardi misses a really good chance in this game as well. Snodding's on sort of the left-hand edge of the box and just chips it in and he's completely unmarked in the middle and pretty much anything on target would probably have gone in, but he seems to get himself all in a bit of a tangle when he's trying to twist his body to head it and it goes absolutely miles over. Do you enjoy Verardi in this game? In all of them, I'm struck by the, the impression that he's actually not very good at all, but then he keeps doing certain good things in it. Like There's a bit in this where he's... I think it's Snodding again has just basically passed the ball to him on the left-hand side of the pitch and for no reason whatsoever he just lets it run out of play like he's he's just completely failed to control it but then straight after that he he charges after the ball wins it back from the Spurs throw and you think go on and then he starts running towards goal you think he's going to redeem himself here and then he has a Mike Phelan strength of shot at Torsfed and without being too harsh on him and he looked very much like a solicitor in his suit at the end which I liked but I can see why we signed Wallace. The pressure is there because the um, the Vinnie Jones money has come in, £750,000, so we're back to Robert Fleck, Dean Saunders, Bernie Slaven, Ali McCoyst, any striker going. So I imagine he would have been doubly annoyed that that goal didn't count because it would have been his third of the season already. And to notch, you know, get past one past Torsfed, spinning Gary Mabbott is not done easily, so he could have made a good argument for himself. But the dickhead referee... Not allowing it. I mean, in fairness, they did have another really good chance. Gaza manages to miss a completely open goal in it. I think it's fairly late on and we've we've pushed right forward. Lineker breaks the offside trap and squares it. And it's, it's Gaza and someone else waiting in the middle for it. And I mean, I think 99 times out of 100, Gaza would save it, score because it's just rolling it into an empty net, but he puts it absolutely miles wide. Shouldn't have been on the pitch, Gaza. Should have been sent off. What for? Threw a ball at David Batty's face. It was very gentle, wasn't it? Even so. It was a nice little interaction, was that? Batty fouls him, doesn't he? And Gaza just sort of goes, there's the ball, you want it? You're not getting off me. It's kind of, it's, it's cheeky. I don't mind that from him. Batty versus Gaza kind of took over from Jones versus Gaza. In this sort of, I don't think Batty was interested in grabbing his bollocks. There's a good interview with Batty before the game because um, Gascoigne had played brilliantly for England against Hungary in midweek and uh, so Batty was asked about going up against him and he said uh, I didn't watch the highlights on television mainly because I don't get much pleasure from being a spectator 
But I think Gaza's great for football. It's, it's a very early sign. I think this is 21-year-old Batty just saying, not watching the England game on telly. Not interested. Can't be asked. I, I can't wind people up when I'm watching. That's, that's the only enjoyment I get from football. Wilkinson as well, I have a, the uh, one with the friendly soundbite as well, talking before the game about Gaza. As far as Gascoigne's concerned, everything that can be said about him has already been said many times and I've been going over old ground if I said anything about him. Cheers, Howard. That's, uh, that's, that's great. We'll put that on the front page. Good old Renter quote. There is a good bit in um, Gordon Strachan's column that we talked about earlier in respect of Vinnie Jones. He goes on to talk about Gaza as well and makes quite a, quite a prescient point for October 1990 where he talks about how Gaza, since the World Cup, has not been out of the newspapers. And Strachan says, I cannot go to bed without seeing Gaza's name in front of me. It's a complete over-the-top reaction, and I bet the boy would love to have a break from all the publicity. What he should really do is cancel all his outside engagements, sit in the house at night, have a cup of tea, and relax in front of the television for a set for a change. Watch Taggart or something and become a human being again. Otherwise, he could get totally carried away in the wrong direction by all the media attention. Says Gordon Strachan in 1990 has solved it. Stay at home and watch Taggart. And Gaza's career could have been so much different. I think looking back on it, this was the first occasion when we had a proper showbiz world superstar at Ellen Road. Both Gaza and Lineker, but Gaza for vastly different reasons. He was, as you mentioned there, the star of the 1990 World Cup. So to see him on the turf at Ellen Road so quickly, he drew all the attention. And that's perhaps why it was a grounding in reality. In that we'd seen Man United and Norwich, but they didn't necessarily have the glamour that someone like Paul Gascoigne had. It is strange how much there was going on around this game. Not only the the four hundred million that the Yorkshire Evening Post reckoned would be tuning in on TV, but there was. Um, I found a a photograph of a photographer in the warm up of this game taking a picture of Paul Gascoigne. It was somebody called Pamela Bordis, and I was intrigued as to why somebody would have put on a, a photo agency website a photo of this photographer. So looked up who she was Miss India 1982 is when Pamela Borders first um, made the scene. And then uh, this is just taken directly from her Wikipedia page that in the late 1980s, she was working in a brothel, which had provided one of PR guru Max Clifford's clients with various services, which sounds quite euphemistic. And um, it had, it was then revealed in the press that Pamela Borders was simultaneously dating Andrew Neil, who was then editor of the Sunday Times and is now obviously on the politics programmes on the BBC. Donald Trelford, who was editor of The Observer at the time. So she's going out with two Sunday newspaper editors and also the Conservative Minister for Sport, Colin Moynihan, not to mention the billionaire arms dealer Adnan Khashoggi. And reading around her story further, it seemed like she was also dating one of Colonel Gaddafi's um, right-hand men who she used to go and uh, meet in Paris. And um, and this ended up all over the papers through in the late 1980s because she was, um, she was doing research for um, a member of parliament in the House of Commons. And you, so the, the fact that this, uh, well, the headline was Call Girl Works in Commons. So the fact that um, this woman with links to arms dealers, to two Sunday newspaper editors, who is going out with one Conservative minister whilst working for another MP and was given her security pass by a third MP and also has links to Libya. It was a huge scandal at the time 
and she claimed that she had enough information to bring down the government. MI5 were being investigated as to how they let her through. And somehow she's on the pitch at Elland Road in 1990 taking photographs of Paul Gascoigne. And I can only assume it's some kind of, because Max Clifford generally had his, he's involved in pretty much everything. And I'm sure he had his, um, his claws into Gaza at the time, making him a, a star after the World Cup that it's something to do with that. But it's 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 this weird little subplot going on on the pitch, and you can only imagine Mick Hennigan looking on as, uh, as this tabloid scandal is going on around him. Is it not no truth in the rumour she was there to take pictures of Whitlow? I mean, one look at Whitlow, I'm sure uh, she'll have forgotten everybody else. Never, never mind the fame and the riches. Disappointment at full-time then at Ellen Road in front of nearly 31 and a half thousand as Leeds lose 2-0 to Spurs. So there's your obvious negative, losing the game. What else have we got? Ref being a massive cheat, losing Vinny? It's all quite bad. Both of those. I think as well for the, the home fans who are in the bottom tier of the South Stand, I felt sorry for them watching this because it seems that the Spurs fans are spread across the upper of the South and the low fields, which seems an odd arrangement. I'm sure that can't have gone without a, the odd bump. We did fine because you were asking at the scum game why Ellen Road wasn't more full. And it turns out that Bill Fotherby was asking the same question at the time. Apparently he'd uh, he'd set aside a one a one thousand capacity dads and lads enclosure. But for the, the game so far, only hundred and fifty fathers and children had turned up and Fotherby was livid. Cannot understand why there's not why there's been so little interest, especially as the family stand has a waiting list. We shall have a careful look at the present arrangement. Is there a distinct dads and lads to family region then? Is it like, if you've got a daughter, no, women over there? I think so. He'd set it up separately to the family stand, so... Different times. Yeah, and it is worth mentioning that even though um, there was obviously there was capacity in the dads and lads enclosure, they did have to delay kickoff for this match for 10 minutes to get everybody in who wanted to be there. The dads and lads can go near the away fans because they need to learn about getting the odd golf ball thrown at them or something from the away fans, but keep the women separate. But look, we don't need to be too downhearted because we did hold our own against a very, very talented side and some world superstars. Should have had at least a point. It's annoying. And no doubt the 400 million people who watched it around the world would completely agree with you. All singing the football league's corrupt. And so to Bramall Lane and Sheffield United away on the 23rd of September. The Match Ball. 
And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.